Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. Tanashi, welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm so excited to have you here. You have so many exciting things that you do within the influencer space. You run Sosani. You used to be a YouTuber. I'm super interested to introduce you to the listeners of Kindly Gifted because there's so much they can learn from you, both on the creator side, but also on the marketing side. Yeah, of course. And thanks for having me, uh, Kate. I've been following you now for a few months. I think it's about to reach a year uh, coming here. So it was really exciting when you uh, uh, invited me to come on because I was really excited. So excited for it. Awesome. Cool. Tell me a little bit about your personal journey before we dive in, because I know that you you actually started your career on YouTube as a creator. How did you end up evolving into being an agency owner and running campaigns on the brand side? Yeah. So um, I was originally born in Harare, Zimbabwe. Then I you know, immigrated to the U.S. early 2000s. So coming here as someone with a very small family, um, I've always been obsessed with community, right? Because when I come here, people say, who look like me, hey, you're different, you're African, you're this. And we never had a lot of family here. So the idea of finding, you know, communities and, and, and belonging has always been like a passion of mine. So really what happened was I was in college. Um, I essentially had an internship at Goldman Sachs. Then I finished that, got a return offer. Then when I came back, I decided to drop out of uh business school and not take the offer and just go full blown in the creator space. I don't know, something was just kind of telling me like, hey, like, you know, if Goldman Sachs wants you, what does that mean say about you? So I basically went in the YouTube space at first, really what inspired me was the King Batch, the Vine, you know, Viners of the world, uh, King Batch, King Vader, Logan Paul, Amanda Kenry, you know, the Leopons, like that crew. So mm-hmm. originally it was around, I think, 2017-ish time, I believe. I was more doing skits, right? So just trying to figure out what everyone else was doing. Then after a year or so of doing that, a friend, you know, called me and said, hey, I made $200 on YouTube. I was like, what? Like, I've never made any money, right? Because like on Instagram and Facebook, everything else. So I hopped, he was like, yes, this thing called reaction videos for K-pop, Korean pop. I'm like, what's what's K-pop? I had no idea what it was. So I pretty much just full blown jumped into it and it was so interesting because the fandom for K-pop fans, I've never seen such obsession, such detail about these people. So I'm coming into this as a marketing student, um, you know, past going into trying to create a personality, but it was more of the audiences and understanding that really inspired me. And I was, I remember at a point posting every day for what, like three, four months in a row where, you know, I had this reaction show. I had about 67 college students come onto my show to watch K-pop. So that was really my first, you know, production and getting all different types of backgrounds onto it. And then from there, I was able to close a deal with Coco International, uh, this food brand that's uh, uh, focused with the K-pop market, and then closed a two-video Christmas series little mini deal with Plato's Closet, where I kind of produced it and did everything else until a friend was like, hey, I'm on the agency side. I'd love for you to make ads for me. 
So then mm. you introduce, next thing I know, I'm on a back end of Facebook back in the day when it used to be easier to run ads, seeing hundreds of thousands being spent and very little tweaks and like, what's this? So this is called copywriting in this. So yeah, that's what kind of transitioned me over there. And then I ended up um, helping another friend who then heard about that scale his company in essentially nine months. I 3X'd his highest performing revenue that he ever did in eight months. Then my mentor around January 2020 was like, listen, you're coming in at 5 a.m. for this guy's business. You're leaving at 7 p.m. You have no ownership. So that's when I made the jump. I said, hey, you know, I appreciate the opportunity. but I want to do my own thing. Then COVID hit. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that hit. And then uh, that's what kind of turned into, oh, crap, what I did three years ago. This is something that I could, you know, pivot what I'm doing now. And then that's when Sasani was born during the COVID era. Oh my God, that's so exciting that you have all of this intel behind how creators work and also the back end of how brands work on the brand side. And you took all of that, merged it and fueled it into Sasani. So yeah. in terms of Sasani, you run the campaigns and do like reporting and analytics, but also you present concepts to brands for campaigns as well, right? Yes, yes. So we we originally started more as signing talent, right? 2020, it was easier because inbound, it's ridiculous how much people get inbound because essentially you're signing marketing machines. So the first year, we're actually more focused on signing talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did that for a bit. And we all, always were trying to get... Uh, brands to have us do more but it was very saturated where brands were more about list builders like hey here's an agency here's a list it's our roster whatever so Mm -hmm. we really had the big shift into it when we uh got this 100 influencer deal and it really got us to now do three four 360 so now even though we have a talent division uh our priority is the uh, creative side so what we do for brands now is we understand all facets which allows us to uh empathize with creators and create, you know, authentic content while negotiating uh, that for the brand. So what we basically coined is what we call PIC. So it's called Passion Integrated Influencer Campaign Series. And the idea of it was, okay, especially brands like the higher tier uh, brands that have been doing influencer marketing for a while, there's so much noise in the influencer space, right? Everyone's doing ads, da, da, da. So how do you, you know, now stick out on the noise? The idea of PIC was finding influencers that are already doing existing projects, then getting a brand to integrate into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But because we understand both ends, we know that, okay, this brand's objective is to target teens. Maybe there's a specific feature, like let's say Cash App with their P2P, uh, peer-to-peer cash feature. And then how do we, you know, while we're helping them develop their creative side on the talent side, are keeping these things in mind. So what makes our series so well is because Talent are required to basically have an organic series. So let's say 10 videos where they were producing. Only 30 to 40% of those can be branded, but you're required to also have organic content at the same time. What that does for now, it allows us to analyze both your organic content and the data with branded to dictate what the next branded video is because it all aligns. So it's almost like taking traditional TV and product placement, but using influencers' socials. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. So with the series component, does the creator already have to have an existing series ongoing that the brand integrates into, or is it more so tracked on like this creator's converting or whatever KPI it is that the brand is ultimately looking for? They're already demonstrating that organically or previously with other campaigns. Let's go and create a series in a more integrated relationship with them 
So is the series something that they are already required to have, or is that kind of more so part of the brand's idea to further, you know, their own reach? Yeah. So really um, it's everything and we're the core of it. Right. So basically, for example, Justin Smith, we did the cash of America thing, right? He had, he had the idea and we made that happen. But Mm -hmm. for another example was uh, these uh, Guberto from SP entertainment. He had six Latino talent that were trying to do the city tour and he was in conversation with Warner brothers but as a talent manager, he didn't know how to put it together. So he brought us into the conversation to partner mm. with making it make sense. So that was a situation where they, a, a group of people wanted to do something, but they didn't know what to do. So we came in to kind of help make a creative campaign. But now our core is brands are coming to us to go, Sasani, you're the experts. You come up with the ideas. So um, basically what our team does now is each month is kind of a key vertical right so like last month it was beauty so Mm -hmm. they've been developing beauty concepts and series that now we're able to now own the ip go to a brand and say hey we have these series and we kind of know their objectives then we can also cast creators so really what we're doing in our future goal of society is actually converting into a production studio where we're able to develop concepts and we can sell to brands or we can you know sell to platforms and becoming that new age way of uh of producing content so we basically are the creative engine and we can either find and tweak or we can develop in-house that's incredibly useful to both brands and creators alike sometimes creators may not know how to create the best branded campaign that really makes a splash or brands might not have the time or energy to really sit there and like try to concept things or they don't know how to find the right creator for an idea so you're able to bridge a lot of these gaps in terms of series tiktok had recently released that they're actually releasing a series natively on their app up to 80 episodes up to 20 minutes an episode how do you think that your agency is going to be maybe making use of that feature integrating into that or what are your thoughts on that in general yeah first i have to say if anyone from tiktok is listening to this we're actually (laughs) in the process of trying to get in contact with someone exactly for that so this is something we're actually taking the initiative to do uh because for example justice smith right he came to us he said hey i want to drive around all 48 inland states in america playing mr b song right like that's a brand nightmare, right? Like, cause now I gotta go reach out to, you know, Night Media and try to get copyrights for that. And then now Mr. Beast might need to be involved. The price goes up. So what we did was we like, from that aspect in terms of with TikTok and those series feature, what we wanna do in, in a real world is figure out how can we become, you know, some type of relationship with TikTok where either them or other creators can come to us and go, hey, I want to do something. I don't know how. And we can either help them develop. So our team scans people's accounts and can see, oh, there's a series here. Let's look at this and reach out to them as well. So we want to be able to help creators with figuring out how to, one, actually develop a a series, but two, how to make it sustainable. Because, you know, it's it's one thing to have an idea, but how do you do an efficient production to do it? And then three, also allowing uh, creators to take it to the next level with brand support. Um, as well, too, and kind of being that uh, right hand, you know, arm for them as well. I will definitely say when it comes to TikTok series in that feature, like I'm really I was glad when I saw that like a, a week or two ago about it, because I'm glad it's validation for us that we're on the right path of what we're doing. So right. our relationship with them, you know, in a, in a real world would be we would be supporting 
creators to get them uh, have series on there. Mm-hmm. And in terms of creators having the series component, do you see on in the creator market that most creators are still gravitating towards one-off brand campaigns or maybe long-term being the most of like a three-month or six-month campaign, but they're not still gravitating towards series and you're essentially kind of trying to create the splash in the industry to also encourage creators to continue some sort of series initiative? Or do you see that there are already a ton of creators making the series component? Or how do you, do you, do you think? Yeah, so it's interesting with TikTok, right? Because the TikTok generation compared to the YouTube generation are two different breeds of people. I'm telling you, um, <laughs> the love that like where YouTubers are very quick to adapt and like figure out and shift. The thing I loved about TikTok is it forced people to super niche. So it's like people are already producing series if you think about it, because sometimes people are like one thing. The issue now in conversation in the creator space is you you can be more than a niche. You can expand yourself because everyone's getting burnt out and confused. Like, man, I want to do more. But how do I, you know, shift and adapt? And TikTok has tried initiatives like the playlist button. Like some creators are like take initiative on that. Yeah. Um, I think even like the pinning feature was to kind of help people start to express how they're a little bit different. So the thing is people, a lot of people already have a good niche going on. It's more of they don't know how to serialize and make into an episodic content and also how to diversify and have it evolve right that's the other thing because for example let's take me uh when i was a youtuber i was uh i was just sitting there watching videos right the, it's pretty repeatable but if you see my stuff it started to adapt where first it was just reaction videos then i would have guests come on but it would be like a joke where people would fall down my stairs and like so i would have like this thing would do so then people were fans were like oh it changes it changes then like during like video 70-ish, I started doing skits before it. So I would have characters, but it was still a reaction video, but the show was evolving, right? New opportunities. Uh-huh. The issue with a lot of these creators is they get burnt out because they're trying to keep up with what's already happening. Two, a lot of them blew up really fast compared to YouTubers where they know it might be years before you get there. So this sense of the patience level is not there. They, I talk to creators all the time when their views go down and they feel this sense of like, you know, discouragement and this and it's because they're trying to keep up with what's Mm -hmm. currently there right now so what we're here to do is educate creators on how one you don't necessarily have to keep racing the tiktok horse you can basically pull back make better content and actually your audiences will still keep up more so more that youtube model i would say is the main things that are challenging with creators but the thing is a lot of them are already doing it they just don't know how to sustain it or they give up and get bored and then want to do something else and either switch brands or they just completely stop with their TikTok. Mm. What is your recommendation for creators to think of this more strategically, like in this particular way, as opposed to just, you know, oh, I'm bored. I'm going to switch to something else or, oh, it's not happening instantly. So, you know what, that's it. I'm done. How do they, from your perspective as an agency owner or somebody who works with brands, in order to make this into a career, how can they think a little bit more strategically about things from that perspective? Yeah. So the first thing is interesting because as um, 
it's not for it just takes a certain type of creator i think also is one thing i'm noticing uh to do it because some people see it in terms of their long-term goals of the platform where mm-hmm. i feel like the ones who want to go into entertainment or the ones that want to basically lead their own path more than let's say i want to get casted for something tend to do a little bit better with these type of situations but i would say the way and advice i would give for people to think more strategically would be to take a look at what your fans have liked not and see how can you first expand that to one, two, three minutes, right? A lot of these creators still are underneath the 60 second mark. So the first mm-hmm. challenge is how can you produce something that gets past 60 seconds, ideally three minutes, you know, three minutes, that's a good lead time, I would say. Yeah. And then two, start to figure out and study shows that you are passionate about. Because a lot of people just sit there and watch TikTok how-to videos, right? Actually do some homework. Like look and look for shows on Netflix, Hulu, whatever. They're like, hey, or when they were a kid and see the formats of them and get inspiration from there. So now I sometimes will binge watch as part of inspiration to get, you know, inspiration. And some people forget those kind of basic things. And then the other thing I would say is... Make sure whatever you do, it's something that you are willing to have work regardless of a brand pays. And the reason why and why our pick projects do so well is because negotiations are easier since we've gotten prices way down on pick series because the creator wants to make it happen. The brand wants to make it happen. So if it's a project that regardless of what you get from a brand, you just want to make it happen, right? If you're like, even if I just got product for this, I want to make this happen. Right? And that's why I think it was really important. If you, if you can't just have fun trying to figure out and do strategic partnerships that don't always first right away come up with, you know, a monetary, then you'll never be able to sustain it, right? So until you kind of figure out those things and you can sustainably do that, you should probably maybe relook at your past videos and make that decision of, is this even what I want? But I know that if I need to completely switch brands, you're not going to get the same like speed as you did originally. And right. now what took six months a year might take one year to two years to three years because now there's a saturation of creators. So that was the main things I would give. Now, if you're a macro creator, you're going viral. You already have a lot of things going on. The good thing about you and like that is you have the ability to reach out to brands and get things going because you have a lot of proof of concept. If you're more on the micro level and trying to figure out, you have the opportunity of testing more until you figure out what it is you want to be consistent with. So mm-hmm. those are kind of like the different uh, perspective on looking at a macro versus a micro. And for us, when we do pick series, we typically only work with creators that have managers because it mm. shows a certain step of uh, credibility, at least for the macros. For micros, we have a different team that's more high touch point that understands it takes a little bit more support. So also understand where you're at in the creator journey. And it's okay if you don't know everything from a micro versus a macro. I think the interesting part that you mentioned is also like proof of concept, like thinking of content in that way. I don't think a lot of creators think of it that way. Like yeah. this is a opportunity for me to get a portfolio piece, to test something, to think of it more like a startup or a business as opposed to I'm just creating content or, you know, one day a brand will pay me. There's more strategy associated there and also negotiating strategic partnerships, like you said, which could be anything beyond like just, oh, here's, you know, a grand or two to create a piece of content. It's thinking about it deeper. I think that's ultimately monetarily why... 
a lot of creators probably shouldn't be worried about oversaturation because there's so many people that don't think that way that even if they have the potential, they either don't have the team, they don't know how to think of things in a way where it's like, how can I find somebody to help me solve the problem as opposed to I have to solve the problem myself. And so it ends up weeding a lot of people out. The people who can't sustain a minute to three minutes worth of content creation where you know, they start talking and you're like, you know what, maybe don't. Um, and you know, so it's a lot of people out. So I think that it's actually kind of encouraging that if a creator really wants to deepen a relationship with the brand or create a sustainable income from doing something like pick, you know, with more long tail campaigns, then it's actually quite encouraging to hear that. Yeah. And especially like on the brand side, the conversations we have with them and I think why, it's interesting because we're getting a lot of demand of brands like, yo, we want this, right? Because a lot of like resources were expanding before we even get something going. And I think of like Justin, I keep bringing him as an example because his first pick series that he did was a Logan Paul surprise. So he built a custom Logan Paul golf cart and Prime saw it. They're like, yo, you want to surprise Logan Paul for his birthday with this? So then he got to drive across country, surprise. He drive, drove around with Logan Paul for an hour. They invited him to WWE. And he invests his own money in that entire thing. And like that then led to like Cash Up America right after. And then his price is like, is like exponentially growing as, as we do each campaign. You know, right. in each new series for him because he's willing to kind of take that risk. And on the brand side, they're more focused on like authenticity and like who cares, right? That's why people are liking Pick because they know like, okay, this is something that's genuine. And the era, don't get me wrong, it was fun 2020, man, COVID era, everyone, TikTok for this amount, just throwing money like it wasn't anything, you know. But now that the market is starting to stabilize and people like Facebook have stopped the Reels payment program, it's starting to show you like where people are putting more of the focus in. So I, I would definitely say that and like be able to get in a call with the brand and say, hey, I know you don't have the money, but what what partners do you have? Uh, what, what venues do you have, right? Like we are able to now, we've gotten invited to uh, conf- like concerts or are getting some very exciting like resources from brands to do some extreme stuff with different creators just because a brand knows they can call they have that expense right so if you start to look more bigger picture i tell creators every time when they are like wanting to pitch a pick to us i'm like i need you to go back and i want you to think as big as possible like as big as you can get like you think that's big come up bigger be crazy come with me your biggest ideas right because when you think like that you go okay i want to do a series where I jump off a plane or and da, 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 or then you start to think, okay, what brands have those kind of things, right? Like what brands or resources, or I want to use a basketball stadium to do X. There's different ways to get in, right? You can go through the, the stadium, maybe a brand sponsor that has access. So you start to kind of figure out one, how to improve your production value. So really mm-hmm. smart creators, like one who came up to me, a micro, she said, hey, I want to start something where I do like alcohol tasting and stuff like that. So the oh, script cool. I basically gave her was, um, hey, um, I, I'm starting the new series called X. Uh, so this was like the script. I'm starting this new series named X. Um, I would love to feature some of your products. And with it, uh, I will give you, uh, what is it? Three videos to use for media rights for six months. All I ask for you to do is repost it on your profile. Like that's the script I had to write, right? Cause now you're a brand, you're like, what? What, what, you're gonna boom, get onto it. Do whatever, take the ads, repost it. Now the creator now can take that screenshot and show that they're featuring, right, 
on the brand's mm-hmm. profile. The next conversation you have, they don't know what was paid or not. They're like, damn, that's a nice. Then the second round is, hey, you know, I've been doing the series now for five, six episodes. We have X brand working with us. This is how our packaging works. You get a sponsorship that comes with X amount of UGC videos. And you can also put it on your profile. Here's an example. And it's a discount rated X. So the first time was resources. Second time is still discounted. But you see how like each new step it grows. So what we'll do is we tell creators like do it in batches, right? So the first goal is like you need to get three brand sponsors. Now what the next level is the sauce, the sauce that no one does. And we always get literally more brands are always like, we've never seen this before. A thank you video. Hey brand, I was just thinking about that. So we'll have our creators doing negotiations. The ones that are assigned to us. Let's say we quote 20K, they come back at 10K and we're like, okay, maybe we can get like 15. Before we have them, you know, we respond, my brand person, we hit up the uh, creator. Hey, I need you to create a video saying, hey, brand name and contact person. My management told me about X campaign and I want you to go on their uh, website and just say, figure something random that you like that you can mention. They'll take that. They'll do a quick little video for us. And then when we and we respond back, it's not sales. It's just all gratefulness. Yeah, gratitude. Just all yeah. Right. Uh-huh. We send it. By the way, our creator wanted this video for you. When they look at that, they then send it to their entire team. We come back, hey, we're so excited. You know what? We'll do that. Like we've had multiple times where brands will then come back and and give our price. Or they come back and they're like, hey, listen, we really can't. This is really our max. And I'm like, no worries. I get on the call. Okay, why don't we do this? Why don't you also the campaign repost them on your story, right? So then I'm just like maneuvering. But like you see the creative like collaboration that comes from that. That's how creators need to start thinking. But you're also teaching them relationship building. Yeah. I think there's a lot of creators come in to things with a one-sided perspective. Like, no, I need 20K or that's it. And for a brand, they need proof of concept. If you don't have that, how do you yeah. show that? So then there's the like, okay, how can we create a strategic partnership for resources? But then also thanking a brand for even accepting the conversation or, you know, it's the simple, like personable things do so much for a conversation where a brand may have started and been like, oh, we can only do 10K. Sorry, we can't do yeah, 10K. You do exactly. a video and they're like, you know what? Suddenly we have the additional $10,000. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because you understand, we're in the middle of it, right? So we also manage brand budgets. So the same thing happened yesterday. We're having a conversation. We're trying to find the third person. And we just had a call. Uh, we'll sometimes set up calls for our clients to meet certain creators, you know, that we just find in the news and try, you know, to figure out a more general relationship. So we get off the call. We're like, wait, we're trying to find this macro creator for this third video. We could just connect this micro. I know she's smaller, but it might actually work better. And we're trying to have a diverse, da, 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 da. so I called the, the CEO of the of the brand. She's like, that's a great idea. Actually, I didn't even think about it like that because right, they already built that relationship. So right. it makes it a lot easier that way. But you also have to think about a creator's goals, right? Some creators that we have are very much, hey, I built a platform. I want this to be monetary. I don't have any additional projects outside of it. So they move like that. And that is one way of doing stuff. But this is more for creators that are looking to build a social media empire. And it's really like the ones listening right now that are like, yeah, that's me. That's what I want to do. I would literally go in and just figure out brands you want to work with. I think the issue is sometimes you get those videos that people are like, you want to be a UGC creator? Go to Target, take a picture, and let a brand know you want to do this. I'm like, 
okay. But instead, it's different when you're like, I already have something going on. And the reason why Cash App wanted to get on was because I said, he's going to drive to these states with or without you. Warner, they're going to do this tour with or without you. Yeah. That to brands is like, I got to get in there. Brands don't want to feel like you're their main funder, man. They don't want to take that risk. And if it doesn't work well, they make. But if you have something already going on, you, now you're right. creating FOMO. Now they want to be part of And also they're fiending for new creative things right now to the point where like the Cash Up America and like some other stuff, like there were conversations where at least last year we did it like people have to go and like readjust their plans because it's so unique. So uh, we're able to get into brand conversations where they sometimes have to go either. This is an awesome idea. I, we wish we knew it, you know, two months ago doing planning or sometimes it's, Hey, we have to move and ship some stuff and make it happen. Right. So right. we've had both conversations. So it's good to, when you, especially for monetary for the bigger projects, it will take six months to 12 months to close an actual massive, you know, uh, deal. Uh, Cause you want to basically get in, in brand conversation before they do planning. So a lot of creators, as you know, get DMs from agencies. By the time an agency reached out to you, that was planned out two, three, four, five months ago, right? So you want to get in conversation when they're planning for the year so you right. get that first pick of, uh, you know, uh, stuff. Also, you know, I would also say to, yeah, be just creative and get as crazy as possible because, man, the crazier the better. It excites us. You go, what's I want to go on to, I don't know, 10 cities. Okay, how can I do it? And just at least make it happen without getting paid or not. Then you start to think more like like the Gary V era, you know, now he's more mainstream, so he has to be more, you know, mental health stuff. But the truth is I've spent <laughs> years working for free, you know, like, and like the fact I was in someone else's business coming in a five for seven underpaid, but I was just so passionate about figuring it out. Those are the creators that end up long-term having way more monetary success. And as us as an agency, we're constantly trying to find those type of people. And it's very small amount of them. Uh, mm. But I will say work ethic is the number one key determinant of us wanting to work with you or not. And it's based off your proof of concept and how much you've done. If you're willing to make it work regardless, there's an itch factor with that that has gotten us further with creators. And some that don't even, some might, sometimes might not perform the best organically, but brands are like, this is so good. We want to amplify it. That's another strategy is if you want your stuff to do well, you can make it where it's like, hey, I'll do this for you for free, but you need to amplify my content. That's right. another strategy we've done, too, where it's like, OK, cool. Just but you need to guarantee a certain amount of spend on the on the amplification. So at least I get additional results and, uh, and, and eyeballs on it. Yeah. Yeah. So that not only does the brand get visibility, but you know, the creator does as well. Do you find that most of these series perform better for a specific niche of creators? Like let's say entertaining comedy creators, or is it mainly fashion or beauty or thought leaders? Where do you see the majority of these kind of series performing and what creators do you think are, have a bit, have an opportunity to do series that that really is kind of an uncommon approach within their niche. Yeah, so I want you to really think about what we're doing. I want you to think of, it can work in any, and I mean like this. Let's think of the Mayhem Man, mm -hmm. Old Spice, Flow. Those are series, 
I'm back again. This time, I'm like, if you literally think of that concept, that's right. what we're creating. Really, like, law, like bigger picture, we're an advertising agency first. So the idea is it can work for any uh, sector. We had someone from an immigration law firm who messaged us on a call. They're like, "Have you seen this pick, man? We want this for us. How can we integrate into immigration, right? And like other immigration lawyers. So it does definitely work. Some are easier than others um, because if it's more entertainment based, like pick series can work on all funnels. It just depends mm. on the complexity, right? So the initial blast is top funnel, but then we have these other requirements of UGC video and other messaging they have to do to help with the, like, okay, so you did this, but I need you to create a UGC video that's driving people. Hey, uh, it's Justin, swipe up to download or to purchase, et cetera. So it's a lot more complicated. Right. But I would say that the easiest people are definitely are more entertainment based. Like it can work for a higher tier, but if you're going after like a 50 year old or more higher audience base, they have lower, like less avenues of entertainment, which more competition, right? So let's say you are a B2B, it, be, it does become a little bit difficult. However, you might have to optimize more on LinkedIn. You might have to put more into paid because not as organic, but overall this concept can work for anything. For Sasani, what we're specializing in is more, I would say, entertainment based for con like brands that are more that are oversaturating. That already are like have done influence on marketing, and they're trying to look for new something different to get out of the noise. Right? Those right. would typically tend to be more if you're edgy, emerging. Um, us, we do focus more on say Gen Z and millennial naturally because that's you know what our team consists of. But I would say it definitely can work for any uh, sector. You just have to think about what's the right platform and how. So if it's a B2B, for example, people have asked, how does that work? So example of when I did with the video production company is I we would do this thing where after every sales meeting he would have in person, uh, he would do a video interview with the business owner about a topic, right? So we knew that he was going after uh, small business owners. So his topics were around parenting, balance right this so he would like do a sales call and be like by the way you don't have this series going on linkedin right i'd love to interview you and then i'd be like okay action and then like okay i have x you know person here owner of restaurant and locally um, today's topic is about managing balance as a parent oh well i love this da, da, da. so you, you can kind of do it it just has to be creative and then also from b2b it gets a little more difficult because it's not always the best you can always recruit a creator but sometimes it might have to be an in-house person as well so it does mm -hmm. get a more complicated but we haven't dove too much into it but i've sampled in the years with it in that area yeah that is definitely fascinating and also to hear that it can work kind of within any creator niche they just kind of have to be really creative and push the envelope in terms of how can we come up with this a series because first thought is like you said the justin schmidt mr beast they're creating a lot of stunts that I think brands can buy into a lot easier, but a creator that's doing something B2B, let's say somebody like, like Dulma on TikTok, who's teaching B school, that, like, that's a little bit more of a challenge where you have to figure out how can I integrate a brand into this larger conversation, make it entertaining, make it Yeah. What does he do? Huh? Sorry. Oh, uh, what does he do? Oh, her name is Dulma her? Alton. She's like a business creator. So she teaches like women about all these different business school concepts and how to be a founder and how to raise funding and all these different components. You know, for somebody like that, they have to maybe 
think a little bit deeper on how they can create. Yeah, exactly. Like for that would be interesting. It would almost have to be like, so let's say she's founder and let's say she, let's say she focuses on women, right? A series I could see her doing that maybe like a QuickBooks or something that would sponsor would be more something like it's a, it has to be super niche, right? So knowing that like a problem, it would be her going around interviewing. So more like podcast style, but like actually traveling like yeah. stories around, I would say like business woman, like some niche about like, let's say it was all like, let's say she was a mother, maybe her key focus is going around the country interviewing business women in like unique like stories and situations that are breaking the barrier so then it's almost like having because the, the thing with pick series is there's an emotional pull to it it's not just right. that so i would say like imagine her traveling around kind of doing this uh series where she's interviewing a certain type of you know business woman it's really key identity and then it would be her like interviewing and then maybe having discussion is one way. But because it's more business, it does tend to lean more towards educational content and more emotion right. than, let's say, like other facets. But you can see even here, I'm trying to figure out, but it like you would have to kind of understand more of like, it has to be more key, like then entertainment and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. How could people get in touch with you and your team if they wanted to, you know, discuss pick and implement something like that within their own brand. Yeah, of course. So you can go to sasaniagency.com uh, for the people watching this right now. That's what it currently is, at, at least. Um, there you will just obviously inquire and kind of let us know what you're looking for. Uh, or if you're just trying to reach out to me, you can always go on to LinkedIn at Tanasha Japonda and as well as Instagram. I'm very active on there. And I can also give general synopsis on like what to do. Cause I love just kind of engaging and talking to people um, on that aspect. Um, so you can do that. And then later on this year, we'll be launching learnpick.com. So then everyone can go and learn about pick.com. Uh, so that'll be later on in 2023 in like June, July time. Nice. Okay, cool. Well, this has been such an amazing conversation to learn more about how this concept works and hopefully creators and brands alike that are listening can start implementing some sort of proof of concept, maybe coming yeah. to your team after and testing some things out, working on a deeper level. But I'm really grateful that you came on and, and talked a little bit more about how this works. Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, anytime, Kate. And uh, if if you reach out to me, let, let me know you came from Kate and I'll make sure to uh, make a top priority. Oh, thank you so much. So if you're listening <laughs> and you're interested, reach out to Tanashi. Yeah. Okay, cool. awesome. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at Kate Mob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.